Hi, I am Jada Cherry, and I want to welcome you to episode number two of our podcast series, Together We Could Be the Dream, presented by Aeon and Liberty Mutual, which centers on inclusion and diversity perceptions, promises, and practices in corporate America. With MLK Day and Black History Month around the corner, we thought it appropriate to begin a series dedicated to raising awareness and advocacy for Black and other often overlooked employees. In this series, we will be featuring speakers at different stages of their careers, ranging from new hires to middle management and up to senior leadership. Each featured speaker will be asked a series of provocative questions highlighting their personal views on corporate DEI perceptions, promises, and practices. While we hope the anecdotes shared are relatable, comforting, and aspirational, we know that progress can be slow. Your host for this episode will be Janice Beeman. Janice Beeman is a client service manager with Liberty Mutual. She has worked for Liberty Mutual for over 10 years and started her career as a workers' compensation claim specialist before becoming a client service manager in 2018, where she works to be consultative resource and advocate for customers and brokers. She is also the New York City LIDA chapter co-chair. Over to you, Janice. Thank you so much, Jada, for your warm introduction. Um, today's featured speakers are Jeannie Giordano and Shania Green. Just a little bit about Jeannie. She is a senior technical recruiter at Liberty Mutual and has been with the company for 17 years. She has supported a variety of departments from sales to claims to underwriting. Jeannie has a bachelor's degree in economics from Illinois State University and is the local chapter co-lead for leading and empowering Asian and ally professionals. The best part of her role is helping people find a great place to build a career. Shania Green is an early careers recruiter at Aon and has been with the firm for over six years. Shania earned a Bachelor of Business Administration degree in risk management and insurance from Temple University. She is passionate about helping people find a stable career path and increasing diversity within the firm. She is an active member of Aon BRG, Black Professionals Network, and the Greater Philadelphia DEI Committee. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us, Janice. I'm excited to be here. I am glad to be here today. Thanks. We're delighted to have both of you on the show today. So since this is part of um, continuing to celebrate and honor Dr. King's legacy and our theme of Together We Can Be the Dream, I wanted to start our conversation off with the Dr. King quote. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl, but by all means, keep moving. With that being said, my first question is, what should an applicant do if they face rejection and how do you pivot from rejection? That's a really great question, Denise. I, I think the first thing to do is really just accept the fact that we're all going to deal with rejection in our lives and develop a, a healthy response that allows us to pivot. Um, first things first, I, I think, you know, we all feel bad when we don't get what we want and it's okay to have those feelings, but getting back up and thinking what's next, what am I going to do next is really important. And I highly recommend that you work closely with your manager on, you know, developing a, a plan to get where you want to go, building skills and developing new skills to help you get where you want to go. And, you know, getting feedback from peers, colleagues also can help you 
you know, pivot from that rejection. That's definitely a great, Jeannie. I, I definitely like the aspect of seeking feedback from your peers, um, you know, and also um, the people that you're interviewing with. That That's always good to, to hear the feedback and, and figure out how you can do better next time um, so that you can get that job. Uh, Shania, how about you? I would certainly echo everything that Jeannie said. Um, I would start with getting that feedback from the recruiter or the the folks that you interviewed with, uh, because they really will have valuable insight into, you know, why they selected a, another candidate instead of you. I would start there. I would also recommend sending your resume to um, a manager or someone that you know and trust that could uh, provide real candid feedback with you about your resume. I would look to sharpen that up. Also, uh, see if someone uh, within your your network could work with you on doing a mock interview so that you are practicing your interview skills. It'll help to shake off some of those nerves. A lot of times, uh, a candidate will have the skills, but their nerves uh, keep them from being able to really demonstrate you know, their personality, their skill set, their knowledge and experience. So doing what you can to uh, feel really prepared and more calm and relaxed going into an interview will certainly help you uh, just keep moving forward. Absolutely agree with that, Shania. Yeah, and that's definitely great feedback, Shania, especially about the mock interview. I know, you know, for some people who have been established in their careers, you know, we're just like, I know I can interview, I got this, but still even, you know, even if you're starting out in your career and even if you've been in your job for a little bit and you're switching or thinking about moving into another position, I still think a mock interview is is always a good thing. So just like anything else, you kind of have to practice to get good right. at it. It's not an automatic for folks. Absolutely. Absolutely, Jeannie. So thinking about um, your role, and, and recognizing unconscious bias, what are you or is your company doing to look for more underrepresented talent? For instance, are you or your company, are they casting a wider net when looking for talent? I'll start with you, Jeannie. We absolutely are and have been for quite some time. Um, our DE&I goals are kind of built into our business plans, both on the talent acquisition side of the house as well as within the business. And we are always looking to expand, you know, where we're able to pull talent from in order to help drive diversity and representation, not just in, you know, our, our full talent pool, but all the way down to the hiring status so that we can continue to improve the diversity in our, our employee groups. Thank you for that, Jeannie. Shania, what are your thoughts? We are also uh, casting a wider net. We use different recruitment software and platforms like Handshake that will enable us to connect with thousands of students across the country. Um, we are also able to focus specifically on underrepresented groups through software like Handshake as well. Um, more specifically, at Aeon, we have an apprenticeship program where historically um, to be considered to, to work at Aon in early careers um, space, you needed to have earned a bachelor's degree. Our apprenticeship program is an alternate pathway into the firm for folks that have not yet earned a bachelor's degree. So it's a learn while you earn opportunity. Um, so Aon will pay for our apprentices to go to a local community college and earn an associate degree in risk management while also getting that on the job training um, and earning a competitive salary as well. So 
We partner with uh, local community organizations, nonprofit and workforce development um, organizations to really expand our talent pipeline. That's awesome. And it's good to see that, you know, Ayan is taking that initiative. So definitely good work there. So um, I wanted to go into another uh, Dr. King quote um, that says, rarely do we find men who willingly engage in hard, solid thinking. There's an almost universal quest for easy answers and half-baked solutions. Nothing pains some people more than having to think. In the last episode, candidates provided insights into their uh, preparation for interviews. What tips do you have to offer when preparing for interviews and what can candidates do to improve their chances of getting a job? I'll start with you, Jeannie, for that one. Another great question. So I, I definitely feel like it can't hurt you to check out the person you're going to be interviewing with if you know that person's name in advance. So go to their LinkedIn, find out what their career path was in, you know, went like where they went to school. You know, do they have a risk management degree as well? Something like that. Looking for opportunities to share that you took the time to actually do some research on them. Be sure to research the department, the role itself. Ask as many questions as you can up front so you're well-educated on what the expectations are for the role. And quite honestly, be prepared to provide specific responses to specific questions. Um, In this day and age, you're not really... We're not looking for someone to just gloss over or provide us with generalities, but looking for kind of more hard examples of specific situations that they face. So be prepared to talk in that way. Um, I, I think also, you know, being ready to say when you need to, I don't know that, but I can learn that. Um, Because as an interview, I'm really measuring two things in the interview process. Can they do the job and will they do the job? And, you know, if there is a a skill gap in there, a lot of times someone can really try to convince me that they will do it if given the opportunity. And sometimes that can help cover any skill gaps there are. A great response, Jeannie. And do you also think it's good for them to put, you know, to have those interests, things that they're doing in the community as well on the resume? So I think that's a great question also. You know, the more active and, and involved you are in your community, in many cases, there's transferable skills that you're building in those activities. So for example, networking skills, communication skills, presentation skills, those are all things that we use day to day in our work, just in a little different way. So a lot of times when I'm looking, especially at our internal folks, when I see that they're very involved in our ERGs, you know, and I ask them about that in their interview process, they're building tremendous business skills through their ERG activity. And a lot of that is transferable to the roles that they're looking to move into. Thank you for that, Jeannie. Shania, wanted to get your thoughts. Um, In addition to, to everything Jeannie said, I would also recommend that candidates have their tell me about yourself elevator pitch uh, prepared. You're always going to get that question at the beginning of an interview. And 
um, having that, you know, one to three minute response that kind of really captures your experience, what you're looking to do. And um, all of that is going to go very far um, at the start of the interview. So that's a great first impression to have, to have that prepared in advance. Um, further to Jeannie's comment about being specific about your examples um, that you're giving in your interview, I always recommend using the STAR method. So situation, task, action, result, making sure that you have um, specific and detailed um, experiences that relate to the question that you're asked is going to go a long way. You may only need to have five situations in your back pocket that you can use, but those five situations should be able to cover a number of different scenarios so that you're not, you know, kind of panicking or, or you know, looking for um, a specific example, kind of have some already laid out that cover a wide range of, of topics and experience. Um, I would also make sure to have questions prepared. It is always a good thing um, to have those questions ready because at the end of an interview, they're going to ask you, do you have any questions for me? And if you say no, it can come off as though you're maybe not that interested. Um, so have good questions that will also demonstrate that you have done your research on the company, the role, or the industry. Um, so having those good questions prepared goes a long way. And then lastly, I would say send a thank you note. Thank you notes also go a long way. It shows that you're taking the time, but make sure your thank you note is not generic. Make sure that you were taking notes throughout the interview and you can call back to parts of your interview conversation that you had to let the folks know that you were paying attention, you know, you learned a lot in their interview and essentially you're just thanking them for their time and all of the information that they shared with you as well. So I think that would be some good advice. Completely agree. Well, ladies, you did an amazing job. Thank you um, again for sharing your valuable insights. Um, we hope that they were insightful for our listeners. Hi, I'm Josh Williams. This has been the Aon Black Professional Network podcast in collaboration with Liberty Mutual, brought to you by On Aon. Please listen to the third and final episode in our series as we continue to dive into diversity and inclusion in corporate America and what senior leaders are seeing with DEI initiatives and practices. Until next time, continue to be curious, to push boundaries, and celebrate how far you've come.